Hey team, it's Jordan here from NZ Audio Editors. I just wanted to say that this episode doesn't actually reference COVID-19 because it was done well ahead of time. But I hope that uh, for even for an hour or so, the content that we provide does in fact take your mind away from it. And we also hope that your families are safe, you're safe, and everybody remains that way. So best wishes from NZ Audio Editors. One plan for retirement. Take care of yourselves. Talk soon. This podcast is proudly produced by NZ Audio Editors. For all your editing services, you can find us on the World Wide Web. Greg Moyle and Ryan Melton from One Plan for Retirement would like to welcome you to the NZ Guide to Financial Freedom. This is not to be seen as personal advice as it is a podcast, but will give you the tools you need to live the life you want to ensure you don't run out of money before you run out of life. So there's been a man behind the mask of sorts that's been helping with our audio editing, and you may not know who that is yet. You may know him by reputation, but not by face. So may I introduce the one and only Jordan Greville. Say hello. Oh, hello there, folks, <laughs> listeners. Ryan, you're well, mate? Oh, exceptionally well. Right? I had some uh, chili on toast. Oh, I shared it with you. It was good, man. I don't know about being on this side, other end of the computer, eh? I feel like I'm I'm exposed. You're in the hot seat. I am, but I'm embracing it. I'm going to feel a lot of awkward silences just to see how you roll with it. That's good. We've done this before, so, you know, we'll, we can get away with it again. Yeah, well practiced, well rehearsed. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's quite interesting, this podcast has suddenly become very formal. Uh, this is really targeted business owners, and it's quite interesting because financial freedom, there's, there's a number of ways you can get there. Sure, you can get an income from an employer, but what if you're an employer yourself? How do you go about, I guess, maximizing your business and what to keep an eye out for? So we want to help with that as well. So a thing to keep an eye on, I've... I myself believe wholeheartedly this is something to keep an eye on, as well as Gary Vaynerchuk, which is one of the leading uh, digital marketers out there. The old Gary V, eh? The old Gary V. Look him up. I don't know him. He's some international, international shot, hot shot. Yeah, yeah. He is. He's, doing yeah. better things than we're doing. Exceptionally better things <laughs> than what we're doing. We're trying. We're trying. Yeah, we're getting there. Uh, and one of the things he, he talks a lot about is the like, evolution of voice. So why that's important is most people, what are we short on? Time. So the other thing as well is convenience. So can we get something efficiently, quickly, and in a, and what we want as well? And a way around that could be voice. So may have, some of you may have used, I guess, Lex, Lexa or Lexi. I always forget the name. but effectively, Alexa. Alexa. There, there we, go. we go, mate. I thought you were supposed to be expert. tech savvy around here, eh? Yeah, no. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, on that note... You got to start thinking how obtrusive, I guess, um, texting and typing is. So, w- what's interesting about the voice software that's coming out is, without having to look online, without going through the turmoil, effectively you can just say to Alexa, "Can I buy this thing?" The challenge that you face is who who owns Alexa? Well, effectively Amazon, and Amazon is slowly destroying small businesses. One, they can't effectively compete with the price, the volume, and the speed of which they deliver because they have distribution uh, rights and uh, connections with, obviously, the carriers as well. So it's affecting a lot of people, and it could start affecting business owners themselves. And where it could 
is if they own the dis- if they own their distribution, they're also obviously the people that are advertising. What happens when you ask for a certain product? Hey, can I have this at this time? Well, there's no reason for them to advertise your business. So how do you get around that? So the interesting thing of and how you might get around that is start to build a brand. Why that's important? Because effectively, most business owners, they want to get profit fast. They're, they, they're more concerned with conversion and they lose foresight for the next 20, 30 years. They just want to get cash now. But if you start building a brand, when someone, let's say they starting want to look for financial advice and you've actually created the brand, instead of them asking for a financial advisor that potentially a large corporate's got a monopoly on when they ask for it through Alexa, then they're actually going to ask for you specifically. So can I have a financial advisor? Uh, how can I get in contact with Ryan J. Melton, the financial advisor? So that way your brand is still allowing you to have control so that you're not going to obviously miss out on that potential opportunity. So it's something to start thinking about. So where, where Jordan comes in is obviously your company and your managing director of NZ Audio Editors. And I'd be quite interested in your sort of viewpoint around personal brand and how you get it started. Well, what you said is very interesting there, Ryan. Thanks, um, I think, what are you, are you suggesting that one day somebody may say to their Alexa, I need an audio editor and it has to be NZ Audio Editors? And Alexa will then say, oh, I know the number for that guy. Immediately and calls it. That would be good for my business. Maybe I need to uh, reach out to Amazon. The audio, the Audible's working. Uh, maybe I can build a connection with Amazon through Audible and then get them promoting my own brand. Potentially. That's another avenue. Must be nearly one of the biggest companies in the world, isn't it? A trillion dollar company recently. Valued at How many of those are around? Not that many? Not many, no. Very small. It was the first. I think Microsoft's getting close and Apple. I think those would be the three. No, so they're more bigger than those. Yeah, Amazon's, Amazon's bigger than big. Apple and all that sort it's of thing. It's more reflective of valuation, how much people are willing to pay as a stock. That's led to it being um, like valued at a trillion dollars. It's not necessarily bringing Ridiculous. in a trillion dollars in revenue, but yeah, that's obscene. Yeah, so I think what you're saying about voice is very true and probably leads me into this career path, you know, in a sense of um, trying to help others optimize their own voices and then kind of get on that bandwagon that you're talking about. Um, and what you're saying is really interesting about trying to channel it so that it it does end up leading to more business for me, but kind of using voice in a different context compared to what I would consider it as. So like my business is focused on podcasting and audio books. So I go down that avenue, but then using voice in other kind of backhanded ways to result in things like Alexa, you know, it's like a different thought process. So, um, and just yeah. on that point, I was talking to a marketer that's thinking about that space. Another thing you can do is structure your website so that it reads well via voice. So a lot of historically how you get your website doing well in terms of search engine optimization is to have certain keywords. Right. People type in, I'm trying to find Gary, um, Gary the plumber, and then whoever has paid the most or has the most uh, reoccurring keyword that matches that search ranks higher. Makes sense, yeah. So the whole classic, lands- 
Yeah, it's classic. So, but the whole landscape of that's going to change potentially with voice. It's not going to be what one has the most keywords. It's what one reads effectively as voice and is easy for the software to find and rank. Oh, interesting. So, like, even Google do a thing where you where you press, um, you know, you double tap something on your phone and you can ask Google something mm-hmm. and it will look for it through the Chrome or the whatever browser you're using. Mm-hmm. So is that like what you're meaning? Instead of a keyword, it's like picking up on as algorithms for voice or something? Yeah, so it's a combination of keyword and voice. So on one hand, sure, you, you may meet the criteria in terms of the keyword and it ranks quite high, but if it doesn't read well and it's really structured just to be a keyword, sort of instead of saying uh, something quite value-adding and, and in-depth, you're just saying financial planner, financial advisor, retirement plan, and just stacking the document. So the document, when someone requests to find the information, is unlikely to say those sequence of words because it's not written as though someone would read it. It's written to uh, match the keyword. Keywords. So that would be a one thing is structure your business in such a way that is quite readable. And I mean, you should do that anyways. You shouldn't try and, I guess, surprise people with keywords and rank high. It should be effectively trying to add value to your clientele and build trust. But the interesting thing for you around personal brand, with the audiobooks, just think about a book specifically. You read it, you start creating your own narrative voice and a lot of... I guess a lot of the problems with movies is when they turn it from a book to a movie, yeah. you lose that imagination. A hundred percent. It's big. It's a big thing for me and why I enjoy reading more than watching a film. You know, like it's just there. You lose that whole imagination. So Harry Potter is a classic example of like, oh yeah, I, I read all these books and then I saw the characters in reality and what I'm they the had perceived them as and was like, well, okay, I guess my imagination was off. But that's the beauty of books. Like you read it, I read it, and we see different things. For sure. And you can create your story. So if you're thinking from a personal brand side of things and also obviously wanting to control how you're perceived, you really want to be narrating your own book and having an audio version of that because effectively they're tying all the trust and knowledge that you've created to put that time into that book to you, the person, not you, the idea. Sure. So one yeah. way that's filtering out clients that may not be interested in you. Two, it's reinforcing the trust and bond that the potential clients that actually want to interact with you will have. So it's a it's a good avenue. And you talked about as well royalties as well. I've seen on a clip on LinkedIn. You talk a bit more about that. Why paperback is sort of drifting away and audiobooks coming in. Yeah, and I think um, in relation to that podcast, are similar. There's a practical side of listening to a book as opposed to reading. I have a very good friend who could read sort of you know 10 books a year and now he can listen to 50 you know so because he listens on his bike he listens on his way to work he listens when he's at work because he's a chef he's just chopping he's doing Mm. catering so he's just prepping everything chop 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 got the book in the ears and away he goes same with the podcast it's the same practicality for sure so yeah i think um it's just uh it's an avenue that kind of makes sense in the sense of having royalties like you said i did a clip on that the royalties are much higher if you i think i guess because the over the ultimately the overheads are just far less yeah there's no physical product Uh. like for example the dirty the dirty secrets of the financial elite name drop on my book yeah ryan j melton (laughs) writing books and uh 
we've been working together on getting that edited and and a audio version and you did the same you narrated it yourself and you're right it builds a personal connection just like the podcast that we do they feel like they have a personal connection with yourself and with greg so massively um, i wonder as well though some listeners may say okay why don't i why is radio going away and why is podcast coming in what would you say to that um i think one you don't have to listen to the ads two you don't have to listen to the same five songs each day some people enjoy things like um, talkback radio, which is different. You still get the ads, but you also get the interaction with the other listeners, and it's a different style of radio. And podcasting can be a bit like that. Often you get people on, even ones I listen to, and they don't always agree. They disagree, and it's entertaining and sure. adds overall value, you know, so... Um, I think that's the thing, you know, it's information on demand as opposed to like, I have to listen to all of this other nonsense before I actually get the value out of the radio station. For sure. For sure. And there's a few parts to that as well. So I remember I went to a fund manager talk platinum because effectively, I mean, we're very protective of the client's money that we have and making sure it's in the right fund manager. So we're continually seeing how our fund manager compares making sure that the information they provide is consistent. And one of the talks that they did was um, Platinum, the fund manager, they talked about how the consumer has been changing mm-hmm. and how that consumer is starting to change is to want to want to feel fashionable, unique, and understood and have an authentic connection. So you think about more people are drinking craft beer instead of the generic cheap side of things. They're, right. they're trying to tailor their style unique to them. So what... What that enables you to do is because there's so much information out there, it's a very good time for you to develop your own knowledge. The, the hard aspect is finding something that's relevant to you because there's so many options. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's where, that. that's where a podcast comes in because it's effectively a condensed version that you've decided you resonate with and there's a certain theme that you're going to find each time. So I think that's a big part of it as well. And... um. I think it's, as you say before, I think I've talked to you about this, is that it's an emerging market. Mm, 100%, especially in New Zealand. You know, like, weirdly, of all places, South Korea has the highest uh, per capita listeners of podcasts. And nobody speaks English, really. I was talking to a Korean guy about this the other day. So they're not listening to English-speaking podcasts. They're listening to podcasts in Korean, which I found interesting in a sense, you know? Yeah, yeah. But New Zealand's not even in the top 10. So the good thing about podcasts is they're global. As soon as you hit hit go and it goes on Spotify, you get a promotion in South Korea. Yeah. Even though they're not going to listen to it because the chances are they're not going to speak any English. But having a market that's diverse and not just within your local reach, like a retail store, there's only so many people drive past or see you online. or For sure. Or can justify the shipping from somewhere like America. You have to be very different, which means that you need to have a niche. You need to be different or amazing. For sure. Otherwise, you fit in with the rest of the world. So it's yeah. kind of my job, I guess, to help people be different or amazing, work with their ideas, and then, you know, everyone wins. For sure. I mean, yeah, as I said, this is, this is a big part of what you do, not just editing the audio, but effectively helping consult us on what the listener's experience is like and how to improve that. And all the South Korean listeners are Ang Yong Hasio. 
Um, there we go. Hey, pulled that out. Got a Korean <laughs> drop. I know but, some other Korean, but it's not so uh, not so good to be publicised. Tell me what you said in English, mate. Um, basically greetings. You know, hello. Oh yeah. Annyeong haseyo. Usually you're uh, a bit further fetched with your language <laughs> language knowledge of other uh, culture. Yeah, for all the listeners, um, I've travelled travelled around about seventeen countries now, and effectively lived in hostels for a significant period. So I'd try and find different ways to connect with them. And as you probably learn in your own personal experience, the generic way isn't most effective. So I'd go different avenues and learn interesting words they didn't expect. So we'll just call it that. And it works for you too. I've seen it in action. People resonate with it. No one else is rocking that really. It's good. Yeah, it's unique. I remember uh, the first German phrase I learned was to compliment a, a lady and say that she had beautiful eyes. And uh, I went, I practiced it in my head and I saw this lovely lady and went and said hi to her and I said, Du hashuna auge, which is basically, you have a beautiful eye. And her response was, what's wrong with the other one? (laughs) (laughs) Was her response in German or English? English. She knew I was trying. Yeah. Yeah. So for those who uh, are trying to learn that, du hashuna augen, not auge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 The vowels matter. (laughs) <laughs> as they do in any language oh mate. massively massive and it's, it's important and then that individual side of things and making a consumer feel valued and appreciated because most of you could get out there and learn investment the challenge is potentially you might go down an avenue that's not going to be too fruitful for you but the real challenge is actually tailoring it to you as an individual understanding your personal circumstances because the thing is you don't know what you don't know and there's cognitive biases where you actually become blind to your blind sides that's why they call blind sides effectively where you start reinforcing the identity you already have as opposed to looking for evidence to the contrary just notice yourself it's actually in the book as well where you um and like when you start let's say you're a, a very confident person or you're and there's a very insecure person and you walk down the street someone looks at you the confident person thinks that look means they look good. An insecure person looks at that look and thinks that there's something wrong with them. So effectively, you're reinforcing the belief that you already have based on something yeah. that has no context. You created context. You create your own, yeah. For sure. So, and it's probably relevant to business as well. For sure. You know, and your p- potential and existing customers, you know, things like that. Yeah, I mean, in business, that's that's the challenge you have is, especially if you're a small business, I'm, I'm not quite a business owner yet, I will be, but from my understanding of seeing how things run, you get so caught up with what's in front of your face, you don't see what's coming on the outside because just keeping the business running is a task in itself. So you, having time to separate and also having people that can have an outside perspective is immensely valuable. That's why I'm very fortunate to have Greg working alongside me. And obviously, you've had more experience in business yourself. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I haven't been doing the audio editing for all that long, but I guess it became a passion while I was overseas living. Um, And now I'm sort of back in New Zealand trying to turn it into a career, which I'm confident I can do. Um, It's a brilliant job that allows me to be flexible learn from a lot of different people so like for example you're doing five podcasts on five different things you get to sit on sit in and all of those mm. and just gain a wealth of knowledge you know especially if they're good podcasters and they're experts in their field 
what they're saying is interesting because it's interesting to the people listening as well. So, um, so I've been doing this for a little while before I went to London, I had a construction company in Christchurch. So living in Auckland now, um, (laughs) but different, but different, yeah, different faces, but it's not a bad thing. Um, and yeah, so I was in construction for 10 or so years before I, uh, went on a little adventure overseas and decided I didn't want anything to do with a hammer. Um, <laughs> did different things I was, uh, while I was over there um, and came back with this sort of uh, hope of making this a career. So, yeah, uh, business was very interesting. I was young. I was probably 23, maybe, when I started the business in construction, mm-hmm. 24. And I ended up making a lot of mistakes, as you do. Yeah. So uh funny you know i I always thought well i learned a lot and i've learned what i wouldn't do but then i'm now in business in a totally different field so some of those things are actually void yeah so the skills that you it would be fine if i felt like okay i'm going to come back and be in building construction for a career going forward but i feel like my purpose changed Mm. and the skills that i learned from that aren't aren't quite relevant to the business i'm running now so yeah they're not transferable so um it's an interesting concept but yeah i guess i just learned i probably learned the hard way i didn't make money for a couple of years and it was because i was too genuine so what i used to do was for peace of mind i'd give people quotes and stick to them um within reason which was pretty much all the time. But mm. a lot of the times I didn't quote them properly. Like I wasn't experienced enough to make sure I was making money. Yeah. So the business would either either break even or make a loss after wages and things. And it took me quite a long time to realize that. By the time the books all come together, you, then you go, oh man, after a year and a half, you're like, okay, well, I thought I was doing the right thing. The money's coming in and it's going out and it looks okay, but really it's not. Mm. By the time your taxes come around and wages go out and all that stuff so yeah so it's a different it's a different ball game now in this industry um it's just me with no overheads really you know so it's (laughs) a a bit safer and yeah it allows me to just push without the pressure of having to make money just yet so hopefully i can and will and other people see value in what i'm doing but for sure it's huge and i imagine as well our listeners there's quite a number of trade tradies uh, you got plumbers you got roofers you got carpenters that have been listening mm, so making good financial decisions moving forward eh? well it's huge i mean i i never got like a lot of the work i did initially was around laboring and i never thought i'd be working in an office but then as <laughs> I, I yeah it wasn't a initially wasn't a dream of mine but then when i started thinking and and meeting people that are experienced in that field i saw the implications of that long-term sort of career where the body starts to cave and it's a suffering battle. I definitely see people that are passionate and love what they do, but I also see the contrary of that where people don't have the financial awareness and are doing that because they have to. So it's- Yeah, which is interesting because the brilliant thing about sitting in on the podcast that I record for you guys at One Plan is that you can hear we've talked about on different podcasts, like what is the true value of your business when it's all said and done? And your biggest asset is the ability to like work and earn an income. Mm. Whereas for those people, like you say, you do break down. I think that's what you're referencing. Like actually physically, you just end up wearing your body out. You can only do so much. And then sure. 
where essentially, ideally, I guess for tradesmen, it's a matter of rolling it on to the next person who's below them, like letting them take full responsibility but still owning the business. That's when it can... Then the guy 20 years younger can run the show and still make you money in your retirement. I think that would be like optimal. Yeah, Um, succession planning. I guess the main challenge around that is the skill set and what defined your business initially was you and working on your own and then outsourcing to these different services to obviously build a house. But the the challenge is your skill set is tailored to that specific niche. And then for you to be able to separate yourself, not only to have that skill, but also know how to manage and coach, it's quite a different kettle of fish. I can imagine it would be very easy for uh, a tradesman that's well-established to show an apprentice how to build, mm-hmm. but it might be a different kettle of fish on how do you run a business or how do you manage staff and that sort of thing Yeah, and manage time. Definitely, they're more than capable of it. It's just when you specialize in something, the other thing has to give. Yeah. I wonder if in some circumstances you employ someone who specialises in that field, like business management who doesn't actually, maybe they have a little bit of building experience, maybe they came from some kind of building background, but their main career was, and you bring them in and say, I just want you to run the business aspects, like this is our core values, this is what for sure I'd expect, I'll stick with you for two, three years until we get it on lock, and then you know you can... double your earnings and i'll just take a bit and not do much you know good setup yeah so really i guess selling it like i suppose the other option is like on selling it to that person the all of it yeah so all your i guess what you pay for in that sense is client base so you don't have to build that over the 30 years the business has been running they've already done that they have existing clients ongoing ones you pay for those customers when you buy the business with the assets but yeah, like what is it really worth? You know, you've got your assets, but then what? So you're paying for the clients or the existing clients and the name if you have a really good reputation. For sure. Yeah, you could build a brand and leverage of it. You could have your own existing assets or buy into your own, I guess, establishment that you sell that on as well. But if, yeah, the challenge is, let's say, like even in this business, let's say in 10, 20 years, Greg no longer wants to do it and I buy into it effectively what am i buying into is an existing relationship he has with his clients so if you're if you're a tradesman trying to on sell um with your clients it would be you'd have to buddy them i'm not sure how you'd structure that you'd have to go along with them and show like and demonstrate the skill set that they have and that they're trustworthy and that sort of thing i think that'd have to come in combination with it but it's just a big challenge i don't think people are thinking about it thing greg always says is why do you go into business? Well, to sell it. Yeah. Or and obviously because you love it. Say that, yeah, yeah he, says it, he says it a lot. And you got to have that mindset. Obviously, you go in there because you're passionate and you want to help. But you got to think about what's the strategy, what's the exit strategy. Yeah. So that's what this whole podcast is about. But let's say let's say um, a tradesman or whoever's listening, they want to get into podcasts. What would be your go-to steps? Well, I think a lot of people have great ideas that can actually really add a lot of value to whether it's people in your immediate family or like New Zealand specifically or a certain culture or a certain, you know, um, demographic of person or a, a whole country overseas. Maybe you're really knowledgeable on American politics or something, you know. The thing is you can get 
you can gain that reach from New Zealand. It's not a big deal. So a lot of the times people don't, they have a few things like, oh, I'm not, I don't like the situation we're in now. I don't like this microphone in my face. I don't have, I don't feel like my voice is good. I'm not confident. They have these little things that get in their way. But I guess for me, it's about making people feel comfortable and helping them put their vision together of, okay, my idea is great and I want to share it. Podcasting is the, you know, the way to go for that at the moment. Um, Creating longevity. So, maybe I'm an expert in American politics and there's constantly something to talk about. So it's a brilliant, For sure. like sport, following mm. sport, doing a podcast on sport. There's a lot of things you can talk about. So some people are just passionate. Everyone's passionate about something. If you're passionate enough and it's a niche, so you can either be different or amazing, you know, what I was saying before. So mm. um, you can kind of, in the early stages, decipher that with someone like myself who does that for a living, like, can I be different or amazing? Am I niche? Like, or, you know, is it even worth investing that time? Like, I don't want to invest. I don't want to take up other people's time if I don't believe in the product. Sure. Um, if they believe strongly in it, there's a point where I just sort of go, yeah, you know, cool. I'm going to record it for you because I like your passion, you know. Maybe you can do something with it because you really want this to happen. So I'm more than happy to help. But, um, yeah, it's just an idea or concept that other people will find interesting. You know, that's all a podcast is really. Yeah, delivered well and um, in an interesting manner and with you know um, diversity to each episode and things like that. So, if you think you can create that, you can create a decent podcast. If you can talk and you can breathe. Yeah, oh, breathing, mate. It's the biggest problem. Yeah, it's better if you're not fat like me, because um, obviously. <laughs> I breathe every five seconds, so he has to edit that out. <laughs> poor, poor, poor guy. Yeah, but that's all right, mate. It's only uh, it's only an hour per episode. Mate. <laughs> oh, it's easy. <laughs> however many minutes. I've worked it out, however many minutes the episode is, is how long it takes me to edit the breathing. So it's like minute to minute. So it takes me a minute to edit one minute of breathing. All right, I'm gonna start holding my breath. So if you <laughs> hear a bit of silence and a bit, bit of grunting. It's me. Um, or crashing, out. crashing to the floor. Yeah. That's, that's you hitting the deck after holding your breath too long. Oh, uh, you'd be surprised. I think now that I'm unfit, I can't do it. But I did the old free diving. I mean, it's 60 meters on did one you? breath. Yeah. Did you get 60? Yeah. So 50 Crazy. meter pool plus 10. But oh, anyway, you mean lengthways? Yeah, you're not deep. Yeah, yeah so probably blow my eardrums. So I don't want to do that. Yeah, one of a good friend of mine, he went and did a free diving course over in Greece, and he'd never done it before. He just did a lot of meditation and yoga, and he free dove fifty meters in the first week. So he went a hundred total. So yeah, he went down fifty, and then up fifty in on one breath in right. one week. I was okay. like, damn, what? Like I didn't believe him. I was like, dude, that's insane. Yeah. Just on the rope, like just swimming. Oh, down. No, nah, okay. swimming on the rope, and then swim. Just follow it. They like click, click, like the like the guy who set the record or whatever. It was. Oh, yeah. insane! Hundred and something. Yeah, the, it's ridiculous. I was like, dude, is there a point of like, oh, I'm all the way down here now. I might die if I don't get all the way back up. Like, that can happen. You know, the the craziest thing about free diving is accepting death in a strange way because the feeling and urge to breathe is so huge and so powerful that you learn tools to deal with that to accept it 
So the actual, the biggest risk in freediving isn't the fact of that feeling. It's the fact that if you learn how to suppress that feeling so much, you black out without actually knowing or having the warning signs that a normal person would. It's called a shallow water blackout. So people will swim, push themselves so far, have so much control of their, their thoughts that they don't realize that they're at the brink and they pass out and die underwater. It's crazy, yeah. The, all that the mindset stuff's unreal. Eh? How is. do we tie it into um, NZ Guide to Financial Freedom? <laughs> yeah. So if, if you want to have a, just, uh, retract it, if you want to have the freedom of being able to deal with the uncomfortable. Free dive, mate. Free dive. Freedom, free dive, same thing, right? And let's let's dive into the last minutes of this podcast because I think we're we're approaching the 30-minute mark. Yeah, so good as still, goal. Would we go for another 10 minutes so the listeners enjoying Mate, this? Well, that's a oval no, though. I guess we'll find out when we release the episode and no one li- there's <laughs> two or three listens and it's us Yeah, <laughs> listening to our own voices. For all those one or two listeners that are listening, uh, I just want to say thank you. We rely on you. And, Damn um, right, basically just thanking myself because we're the only one listening to this. <laughs> no, no, there are quite a few people. We're getting there bit by bit. Well, yeah, well, you guys are adding great value, so I think it's just a matter of time. And it's bit, another challenge for us, eh, working out the how to market a business. Yeah, distribute it. Because so. that's, the, that's the thing is, one, you can find your niche. I'm a big advocate of it's better to keep it to compete with a great white in the desert than in the ocean. So you've got this large scope, these large corporates and these big companies that are just drilling home on the generic. But if you find some little pocket within that, you could be that little fish eating eating food out of the teeth of the shark. You know, yeah, yeah. Effectively, you're leveraging off their great um, ad campaigns and you're just finding a little pocket within it. But the, the challenging thing with podcasts is just a new thing, learning how to do it. So if this becomes fruitful, by all means, give us a call and ask us how that plays out and how we did it. Um, but effectively, <laughs> it's just about helping solve that financial problem for most people because... Sure, we'll probably get some brand profile out of this. You have the old client trickle through, but effectively, this is about giving back. That book Jordan mentioned, I wrote that over the holidays in 17 days, and effectively, I'll, I'll happily give it for free. Just it's an ebook, or if you want to listen to the audio, Jordan's got to make a living, so we split the royalties. So that's going to cost paperback. You're going to have to pay for that because we've got to print it. All guess, pretty reasonable though, really, isn't it? And worth it, you know. The the things that you talk about on in the book and on the podcast are um, like essential, and I just feel like I get a lot out of it just listening. And then the value that's added just isn't um, exposed enough in New Zealand, you know. So for sure, so, so many people do not think about retiring. Scary. Oh, I don't. Ah. Uh. I don't want to get old, you know. Yeah, like I'm, I'm more it. worried about getting old than planning for my retirement, you know. Because the things I do now relate to me being young, like physical activities, yeah, and filtering them into a different, channeling them to something else when you're old and frail. I'm not thinking about the money <laughs> side of it, you know. Yeah. Luckily, Kiwi Save you guys go on about that, but it's so such a great asset. Well, for you, not really, you know. I mean, you're an employee. Well, that's it. That's it until. I guess you can, you know, as an employer, I can still do the basic. get my own contribution. Yeah. Yes. So that's uh, it is that's where it sort of comes into like benefits of like creating financial freedom based on working for someone else or running your own business. Yeah. Like 
it's worth it's worth discussing maybe you guys could talk about it in an episode sometime like should i stay for i guess it depends on certain situations but should i stay working for someone else on this income or should i branch out and chase what i want to do you know at which point in my life do i do what and like i feel like i feel like going following your purpose is the most important thing but then you've got to be smart about looking after your family and making sure you are in your retirement you like it's a tricky thing for me because some people sort of say oh you're a bit of an entrepreneur and i thought oh yeah but i'm not really great at it you know i'm just i'm chasing what i want to do but i'm not getting anywhere in a career sense just yet you know i'm learning so much and i'm like sponging it all up but the the reality is it's not if it doesn't work then i need to have you know another plan and then eventually think about retiring at some point based around some kind of career path um sure so i don't want to keep chasing new businesses i guess and yeah i do but i don't you know so you want to have kids in that one day you got to be able to support them so sure it's a tricky one it's it's a good yeah it's a balance i mean effectively we're all about choice and having you do what you want in life um, and being smart about it, you know, sure you can, as you say in your first business, be genuine, quote nice, but effectively you got to have a business mindset too. It's the same thing in Definitely. life. So, but people would be surprised on what you are able to do on the lowest income threshold. If you earn minimum wage, you can have a million dollars liquid cash in today's dollars by the time you retire. Yeah. And that gives you effectively $90,000 a year because you get 60 grand for your portfolio. 30 odd thousand from the super yeah so it's not a bad living to have in retirement for the next 25 30 years but then how good was your quality of life until that point of retirement and what did you enjoy doing then that you can't do now with that money you know it's a tricky it's an interesting one now even then even with a low threshold so the thing people don't realize about their finances a lot of it goes to waste because it's not they're not aware of where it goes so effectively it's not that they're foregoing pleasure or foregoing things they enjoy it's the fact that they're just mindfully spending so they actually have a clear understanding same with business you're 80 20 what is what are the parts of your lifestyle that are key and important for you to enjoy it and and then you execute on those not just buying a, a yeah, going to chocolate stuff. bar with yeah. a few seconds or Oh, I do that all the time. Yeah, I'm a too. sucker for the chocolate bar and, <laughs> and the and the aisle at the checkout. Eh, gets me every time. Yeah, no, the it's old a creeper. picnic bar, mate. Oh, obviously doesn't show as you can see in the video. But... <laughs> mate, you got I eat whatever I want and I work out hard. I just <laughs> skip the second part. Yeah. So. <laughs> Should we wrap it up on that note, mate? Yeah, I think so. For all of those that need inspiration about managing their weight, uh, I'll slowly <laughs> bring it down just for you, eh? But uh, <laughs> in terms of the next episode, for those of you that didn't know the face and who the managing director of NZ Audio Editors is, well, there it is. You may have it expected is. something else, or you may have been the old imagination surprised. like we're talking about with the books. For People sure. imagine what I look like, and they're like, "Yeah, damn, that guy doesn't look anything like I thought he would." <laughs> damn it! Yeah, I'm sorry to disappoint. He's yeah. not quite Hercules, but he's Rambo. So, that's <laughs> so for all of those that are looking to learn and discover more about what we do. Please just tell people. We don't need to get a financial gain. We've got a sustainable, well-run business. We don't necessarily need to get clients from this, but we need people to hear about it because it's a problem we can't just solve on our own. So it's about time you guys pull on your weight too and share share a bit of love and tell people about it. Eh? Damn right, I do. That's for sure. Me too. Till <laughs> next time.
See ya.